friends, and welcome back to the While We're Waiting Hope After Child Loss podcast. I'm Jill Sullivan, your host and one of the co-founders of the While We're Waiting ministry. This is a podcast of stories, stories of devastating loss and grief and heartbreak and struggle, and stories of hope and healing and faith and, yes, even joy. Underlying every conversation is the hope we have in Jesus Christ, which makes it possible to not just survive the loss of a child, but to live well while we're waiting to see them again in heaven one day. You can learn more about our ministry and the free bereaved parent retreats we host by visiting our website at www.whilewarewaiting.org. Welcome to episode number 187. I'm happy to report that we are finally home from the hospital. For those who may not know, my husband Brad was severely injured on December 22nd after striking a deer while riding an ATV on a duck hunting trip. He's making great strides of progress, and we're so grateful for everyone's prayers and kind words and gestures over the last few weeks. We are looking forward to getting back to some sense of normalcy in the days ahead. Today's episode is the second half of my conversation with Don and Deandra Chamberlain, whose son Dustin was murdered during a home invasion in December of 2011. We extend our conversation to include topics like the things people say, dealing with the holidays, the before and after of child loss, the support group they lead for bereaved parents, and how Dustin's life continues to have an impact on the lives of people in Guatemala. I believe you'll be encouraged by listening in. People often feel awkward around a parent that has lost a child because they just don't know what to say. What has your experience been with that? And how have you dealt with some of the, shall we say, less appropriate things maybe that people have said? Um, And then let's finish this topic kind of with talking about some of the most helpful things that people have said. We go talk about the negative, but then go back to the positive. I would imagine in the situation that you guys found yourself, there were a lot of probably painful and hurtful things said. How did y'all deal with that? Actually, some of our family, one day I was bemoaning the fact that of why, you know, that Dustin would have been killed like that. And he said, well, have you ever thought, not stopped to think that, it's perhaps because you and DeAndre are not living right where you are supposed to be. Oh, my goodness. And I told him, trust me, I said, I've had all sorts of thoughts go through my mind. And when I got in that evening, I said something to DeAndre about what had just happened. And she said, well, did you ask him about Job? <laughs> oh, that's right. Exactly. And I said, well... Honestly, I said that did not come to my mind right at that moment. But right. Another one of well, it's a guy that goes to their church. He stopped me one day in the grocery store and he said, Aren't you thankful? There's a lot of rumors circulating, I guess, mm-hmm. in the community. And sure. He told me, he said, Aren't you thankful that Dustin only wounded the guy? And I said, Well, I'm not sure what you mean. And he said, Well, you know, that he didn't kill him. He only wounded him when he come into the house. And I said, what are you meaning? And he said, well, if Dustin would have killed him, he said, Dustin wouldn't have went to heaven. And I just shook my head and I said, sir, you don't even know what happened. And I didn't have a lot of grace that day, Miss Jill. I turned and just walked away. (laughs) Well, and sometimes that's giving grace is just walking away. (laughs) 
<laughs> Sometimes that's the best thing you can do. Wow. Yeah, that's hard. Yeah, I think giving grace, having space. Um, yes. And also, Don, you know, like him coming home that day and we just talk through that. And sometimes those things you just have to do. You know, looking back, some of the things that people say that don't really help. I think I myself probably at one time said some of those things, you know, like, well, do you have other children? Um, At least you have other children. You know, that's not encouraging. And I think so we've learned a lot through this process, which I'm very thankful for. I think the most helpful thing for me was just people that were just there. So we didn't have to be alone when, when we were so fearful or that would just, like your one of your brothers would come over and help us write thank yous. Months later, I had a coworker drop a mail by and I was shocked. You know, this was quite some time after it, but of course we all love to hear our kids talked about. So, I mean, just those that would say, you know, I miss Dustin yeah. or how are you feeling today? You know, we're here for you if you need anything. Yeah, the stupid things people say, we talk about that often, but... We live in a very good community, and we have been very blessed with the people that have surrounded us. Right. And most people mean well, you know. For sure. They they don't know what to say. Just like DeAndre, you just said, I certainly didn't know what to say. And I'm sure I said dumb things to people and hurtful things, so... Yeah, we can we can give grace, but I like how you also said we can give grace and space mm-hmm. <laughs> when needed. We actually, there's a doctor friend. He had a son just a year or so younger than Dustin, and he had already talked with Dustin about trying to get him on a research team in Arkansas on the UAMS board, and he was looking forward to that and. After Dustin's death, well, Danae was still in basketball and the season went on and I'd see that doctor and I'd seen him numerous times. He would turn and walk in the other direction. Yeah. And one day I made it a point of starting down the the stairs and he didn't have anywhere else to go. And he walked up to me and I said, uh, doctor, I said, I've been wanting to visit with you. I said, I hadn't been able to get caught up with you. And and he came out and he said, Don, I didn't know what to say. And I said, oh, that's okay." And that broke the ice once that, you know, I told him, hey, it it was okay." Yeah, I have a lot of grace for those people because I used to be one of those people. Mm -hmm. I was scared to death to talk to somebody that had lost a child because I didn't know what to say. And I was afraid I would just start crying and just make it worse for them. So I would avoid them. <laughs> and I think a lot of people do that. You know, we had some friends that lost their parents in a car crash. And um, and this was before Dustin died. And I remember going to the house and not knowing what to say. And I did tell them I don't have any words. And I just hugged him. And later they told me, they said that was the best thing you could have done. That's right. Not to try to say something to make us feel better at that time, but just to, you know, admit, I don't have any words, but I'm here for you. I love you. So I think that goes a long ways. Yes. You're always safe saying that. 
to a bereaved parent or to somebody yes. who's grieving. Yeah, very good. We know that birthdays and holidays and heaven days, they can all be so difficult after the loss of a child. And Dustin's heaven day falls just 10 days before Christmas. As we're recording this episode, Christmas is just around the corner, but by the time it airs, Christmas is all going to be in the past. But have you guys figured out any, I'm, I'm sure that first Christmas was just a total wash. I can't imagine how you even dealt with that one, but Christmas's future. What have you found that, that helps maybe some traditions that you guys have developed as a family that have made the holidays a little more bearable? Well, I can I'll let DeAndre speak to that a little more, but as we're sitting here talking, I look up and see the stockings hanging. Yeah. And we had the stockings hanging over the mantle and DeAndre had the home decorated. And initially, Danae did not want anything out of her home put back up. And just, it was quite a struggle for her. And DeAndre, was it a couple years ago you finally put Dustin stocking back up. A little bit longer. And she ended up buying some gifts, wasn't it, for other kids and putting in his stocking. And that's something that we have kind of started doing is that type of thing of using Dustin to think of others to where, you know, it's giving to other people, but well, I'm going to kind of go backwards just a little bit. So for uh, the birthdays, which are hard, yeah. Um, one of the things that we've started doing, and we we learned this from someone else, but is just to go and pay for someone's birthday cake and say, you know, it's a memory of our son and his name. And it's kind of cool because one year, Danae called me and said, Mom, have you got the birthday cake bought yet? You need to get the birthday cake bought. But um, this year for, I'm not really putting anything in his stocking this year, but this year what we did is we supported or sponsored a child through uh, Shop with a Cop or Toys for Tots. Yeah. So yeah. I thought when I heard that they were sharing about it at church and what it would cost to sponsor a child. And I thought, you know, Dustin would love that. And that involved kids. He loved kids. He talked about, you know, he might be a pediatrician. Who knows what he would have been, but. That just kind of seemed to make sense for us this year. So that's what we did. Yeah. And I think, too, what you're saying is that you can do something different every year. You know, yes. there's different ideas that you might have and what makes you what helps one year might not help the next year. You might need to think mm -hmm. of something new and it's OK to. Uh, yeah. Our son-in-law works for Voice of the Martyrs. So I believe it was last year. The, at Christmas time, they sent out, you know, information in the mail if you want to help sponsor a care package or so many care packages. So that's what we did last year that was kind of neat. And I think that those things just, they help lessen the pain during that time. And just being together as a family, how important it is to be together as a family. Um, yeah. I, I love baking cookies with Danae and taking them to, you know, widow ladies and just focusing on doing things together. And we don't really do the same thing, like you said, yeah. every yeah. year. So let me mention, I had always as a family around the Thanksgiving season specifically had wanted to go to like a Salvation Army or somewhere where they uh, have like a kitchen to serve Thanksgiving meals. 
for the people that need it. And that's something I had wanted to do as a family of four and we'd never, ever got it done. And the following year after Dustin's death, there's a place here in town that was doing that. And so we went a couple different years Wow. And that's how we spent Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah. Doing something like that where it kind of gets your eyes off of yourself and onto somebody else can really make a big difference yes. too. Yeah. Well, thank you for those ideas. You know, I think all of us that have lost a child have this very sharp dividing line in our lives, kind of a before Dustin and an after Dustin. We have a before Hannah and an after Hannah. Talk about the before Donna Deandra and the after Donna Deandra. That is an interesting question that when I've seen that, because I have already shared with different people and when I've had the opportunity to speak in churches or something that throughout the scripture, like Paul on the road to Damascus, I've used uh, Moses in the burning bush there's different times, Jonah and the fish Jonah. or Jonah and the whale with defining moments, <laughs> defining yes. moments. Oh, and, yeah. and I tell people December the 15th of 2011 was a defining moment for me. And the clarity that that storm brought of the type of person that I was. And I'm, I'm one of those Kids that grew up in church, I did not know anything different than Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night prayer meeting, and and that was my life. But the difference of losing Dustin has changed my focus and even my purpose in life. And I've shared I would not want to go back to being the old person that it was. Yeah. One day when we, in one of our meetings or while we're waiting meetings and it was around Thanksgiving and, and talking about what are we thankful for? And I said, well, you know, I'm not thankful that I've lost Dustin, but I'm thankful for the clarity that it brought. Yeah. Jill, I think for me, I was so wrapped up in life here. I mean, yes, I love God. I accepted him as a young child, you know, faithfully went to church every Sunday. And um, I think I was just so wrapped up, though, in life here, like having the dream home, having a job you love, kids doing great in school. And I remember it was probably about a month to a month and a half before Dustin died one night. I was just praying and I was apologizing to God like, Lord, I am so sorry, you know, Help me learn how to witness for you. I, when I get to heaven, I'm not going to have any anything in my crown, you know, because all I'm doing is living for the here and now. And once Dustin was gone and we had to rely solely on God um, and our focus was completely on him. I mean, we had to survive and that's how we survived was keeping that focus. It's also given a huge platform to other people like well, this is what God has done for us. He can do this for you. You know, we now have a platform to help share the gospel that before that, I just kind of struggled with doing that and feeling comfortable doing it. But now it just seems like he's given that to us. Yeah, that's and that's a wonderful gift from a very tragic situation, for sure. What have you learned about God's character 
over the last 12 years? My dad often would comment about God's love and how much that God loved us. And I recall him making that statement numerous times. And after Dustin's death, we actually received an Easter lily from uh, Judge Ken Starr. He was a president at Baylor University at that time. Okay, yeah. And he sent in a potted plant, and he had a handwritten note on that. And because of what Christ had done, we had the hope through that death, burial, and resurrection. We had the hope of seeing Dustin again one day. And I can say that for me, Easter season has changed so much. And just in after losing Dustin and how much I loved my son, that God loved us enough that he willingly mm -hmm. gave his son for sinful people. His son. That's right. Mm -hmm. And I, I find that amazing. Mm -hmm. And while that we were yet sinners, Christ died for sorry people. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. What a sacrifice. Oh, yes. Absolutely. He's faithful and he's good. And he's never broken a promise. You know, at the beginning when everything happened, it was like, why God? Why? Why? When he loved you so much, did you let this happen or this, you know, bemoaning this or that? And I think that's one of the first things that he brought to my mind is I sent my son to die for you so that you could have eternal life and to know that God was going to use this storm to do something good, you know, that would bring glory to him. And I think I'm um, just happened to rely on him, trust in him and claim his promises. They have been, he's been so faithful and he's never once failed us. Yeah. Jill, there's a song, uh, I was just sharing this with someone the other day, and it mercy me, and even if. Love that song, yeah. Mm -hmm. And the three Hebrew children, you know, even if he doesn't spare us, we're yeah. still going to serve him. And, and that song really speaks to me that whatever we come through, I know he's going to bring us out on the other side, and it may not be what we anticipate, but I know someone that's going through it with us. Absolutely. We don't go through any of these things alone, do we? No. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, you've mentioned a couple of times about your support group. Talk a little bit about your support group. If someone were to visit your group, what, what would they experience there? Hopefully a night of encouragement. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't remember how many years ago it was when we started, Jill. You might it's been remember. a long time. It's been yeah, a long I don't time. Remember. Yeah. Um, and we've seen a lot of change and involvement, people come and go, but we sure. have a core group that is still there's those few that are always there. And I feel like we look forward to the evening. It's it's a time of um getting to share about our kids. You know, sure. if we've had a hard day or a hard week, we can tell them all about it. We can cry as much as we want. We can laugh as much as we want. Um, but it's just we understand each other. I know 
seems like we will have our, some of our busiest days on the Mondays <laughs> that we have that. And a lot of times, Deander might say, oh, this is not a good night to have this. But Miss Jill, almost inevitably, when we leave that evening, without fail, we'll say, aren't we thankful that we had that and that we went, that we come away blessed, refreshed, and ready to go another week. And I'd say without fail, that has been our story, that it's uplifting by the end of the evening. And there'll either be someone new there or something that really we feel like that, you know, it was needed. So, yes, absolutely. And we've had the same experience. We meet on the last Tuesday night of every month here in Hot Springs, Arkansas. And it's always the longest day, you know, and we're just weary going into it. And we think, wow, we are just not, we are just not ready for this group tonight. And then of course God takes over. It doesn't have anything to do with whether we're ready or not. And by the time we leave on Tuesday night, and sometimes it's nearly nine o'clock before we're walking out the door, we are refreshed. And it's because mm -hmm. of just spending that time together with moms and dads and the Holy Spirit working and getting to hear everyone's stories and just the conversation is just so uplifting, which is strange. You wouldn't think at a, at a support group for bereaved parents, the conversation would be uplifting, but it is. And uh, so, yeah, I can relate to that. And there's, there's always something to learn too. Yes. I mean, you learn, you learn from each other and things that were maybe helpful for someone else that you haven't tried or, you know, vice versa. But Yeah, absolutely. That's right. So our chat would not be complete if I didn't ask you guys about Dustin's dream. Talk about what Dustin's dream is and what you do. And I, I know that's a subject you're passionate about. I would love for you to share that with our listeners. Well, when we were in counseling, um, there was a book, and I wish I could remember the name of it, that our counselor encouraged us to read. And I just remember one of the chapters talking about one thing that can help promote healing is doing something positive into your, you know, in memory of your loved one. Um, and so that got my brain wheels rolling. And I went home and I was like, you know, what if we just started a nonprofit and we tried to do some things that maybe Dustin would have done in his life? And so early on, it was just, we had no clue what we were doing. I was at a back to school breakfast and one of Dustin's friends' mothers was a teacher there in the district. And I just went up to her and said, hey, we've been thinking about doing this. What do you think about this? And when I got home that day, we had a phone call and they were like, hey, if you guys do this, we're on board. And God just honestly, it was God that just put it all together. He surrounded us with just the right people that we needed to set up things, you know, legally. And we the support that we had was amazing, but it was, it's kind of come to be, we call it Dustin's dream. We focus on a lot of medical. So we've helped to build a medical clinic in Guatemala city. And now we're working on a drug and alcohol recovery place and program that we're supporting locally. We do some things too, um, scholarships for students here at the high school, also at Dustin's college. And we've just kind of found that you get strength in partnerships. And so 
like through Bright Futures here, we've been able to help supply coats for kids or through the Mana Center, you know, food for the needy, um, just different areas like that. So the clinic in Guatemala, DeAndre referenced how God's hand was in that and how he brought that about. One of the pastors there, well, let me back up. In Guatemala City is the largest dump in Central America, and there's around 10,000 people that live, exist in that dump, and just a bottom of society. And they're making their living by uh, sorting through, pulling out glass, metals, aluminum, paper, cardboard, anything that they can sell to recycle. And the average they'll make anywhere from four or five to six dollars a day is their average income. But uh, in this settlement, Dr. Lila had been working at a government hospital and another organization out of Joplin, Missouri, and her salary if she would leave and open up a clinic. And so she'd been seeing patients in her husband's church and her dream, though, was to build this three-story medical clinic. Well, when they, we talked with them and found out, and they told us it was like 50000 a floor, and I actually asked the question, I said, well, how many years do we have to raise the money for the first floor? Yeah. And within nine months, I believe it was, the first floor had been built. We went down for the dedication and just to see God's hand in that and how that's been used, the relationships that we have got to experience and to build. And we, DeAndre takes medical teams down and I take, well, we'll work in the clinic one day just so they get to experience that, but we'll do construction, home visits. And just over the years, we have built relationships it's unbelievable but honestly jill it's just been such a total god thing when you look back at the timeline how everything lined up leading up to that point of dustin's death you know for her to have just left and when we take groups in down there now she she takes everyone on a tour through the church so they can see the ministry that's happening there but she always stops at that room where she has a little clinic set up and it's just one bed, a desk, and a couple shelves in the background. And she tells the story about when she started that, she thought, oh, maybe 10 years or 15 years, God would fulfill that need. And she said it was just, you know, within a matter of months that God was working. But yeah, it's just, it's been an incredible journey. And you you witnessed um, how it, we just started that first year and we're like, well, we're just going to have a and of one year, invite the community, share with them our dream. And then we're like, well, what are we going to be doing? And then someone introduced us to a guy that was on this other board that knew of this need. And every year the people have come out and, and God has just provided through that, through our community and our family and our friends. So what she's referencing just this last Saturday on December the 9th, we had the Dustin's Dream Heavenly Birthday event, and it's a chili supper option. Each year we do that on the Saturday before the day of his death. And you know, the first 
year or two, it was extremely difficult. And we get to maybe the third year and our friend Meredith, who has organized that since the beginning, she said, it's going to be a party. It's going to be a party. And we walked in that night and she had balloons everywhere. Yes. Uh And it was just a completely different feeling and environment. And, and it wasn't hard at all, you know, the way she had set it up. So, but it's also a comfort to us too, just to see what God is doing through that loss. I know that there's some things we might not ever see this side of heaven, but I'm just so thankful for what good has taken place. And it's, it's kind of mixed up in your mind. Like, man, I really want my son. But then if I had my son, I wouldn't have this. And they're my family now too. So God is good. He's working in all things. That's right. We've mentioned numerous times. We're certain that Dustin would have impacted lives for Christ, but through the Destin's Dream Ministry, we have no idea the amount of people that's been that's right. impacted. And it's just God is faithful and good. That That is definitely true. One of our board members, you know, in the beginning, every time something would happen or come in, some type of support come in, we'd just be so excited. Can you believe this? And he would just chuckle and he'd say, we're just along for the ride. That's right. God's got it. We're just along for the ride. So as long yeah. as God's got it, then we're hanging on. Yeah. That's what we say that with while we're waiting all the time too, because yeah, <laughs> we're just along for the ride. He is, he is driving the ship and we're just, we're just along for the ride. Yeah. It was a blessing. I got to come this last December 9th, Brad and I got to come and be a part of the chili supper and the auction. We came home with a chocolate pie that we bought at the auction. <laughs> um, and what a blessing it was to actually get to, to hear some testimonies and see some pictures. And, and I've got so much uh, clearer of an idea now of what actually Dustin's dream is accomplishing there in Guatemala. It, it is amazing. <laughs> so how can people find out more about Dustin's dream or if they wanted to donate to Dustin's dream, how could they do that? Well, our website is dustinsdream.net. We're also on Facebook under Dustin's dream and Instagram. Um, there, there is a donate tab on our website. There's also an address. Um, our contact information is on there. We love to share our story. You know, we've, we're willing to travel. We're w- willing to talk. So, um, but we'd love for people just to go on there. There's a lot of information on there too about who Dustin was. And that's another interesting thing. When we started the ministry, I think it was out of a survival type thing. You know, sure. we were trying to heal and we wanted something good to come out of this bad. But now it's more about the ministry than about Dustin. We want people to know the ministry and what God is doing. So, right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And we take teams down. And so we'd love to have people sign up and go with us to Guatemala on the team. That's right. There's four four to five different dates out of the year. So surely one of them would work. Yeah, I know you guys are always recruiting us to go. That's yes. right. And one of these days, uh, hopefully, you know, our weekends are almost all full with retreats. But one of these days, we would love, love to do that. That would be amazing. 
So we'll we'll keep watching those dates too. And maybe one of these days we'll be <laughs> with y'all. We would love so, that. Yes, yes, we would too. One more question I always like to ask. Has music been an important part of your brief journey? And if so, what is on your playlist? I know even if by mercy me, but what else is on your playlist? Do do you know an interesting, well, like Carrie Joe forever, just in listening. And most of the songs that has really impacted me, either it's dealing with the sting of death, being eliminated, or through that, that through Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, that he conquered death. And that really resonates with me, those songs like that. But yes, even if Carrie Joe, that forever song, that's two that I have really turned to. Mm-hmm. Good songs. I'll take anything, Chris Tomlin, Casting Crowns, Worship Initiative. I love the goodness of God by Cece Wine. And I think that I've seen what I listened to change. Like in the beginning, it was about the storm, praising him in the storm or blessings by Laura's story. But now one of my favorites right now is Holy Forever. I think that's Chris Tomlin that leads and sings that. But yeah, I love that song. Songs that talk about, too, you know, when we're going to have that reunion. Um, yes. So I think maybe that is also kind of a sign of how the grief journey has evolved and changed over time. Songs probably have done. Well, also want to mention one more that Christian Stanfield, always. Yeah. But I have shared, and this goes back towards you in the front, or the start of our journey that I found in which we have an excellent radio station here, KLRC through John Brown University. But whatever I close the day out listening to, whether it's a positive song like that, when I would wake up in the morning would be playing through my mind. And I found that to be pretty refreshing. And I would take, make it a point that I try to in the day, a song that would lift my spirits. So when I woke up the next morning, that was on my mind. But yes, sir, it's definitely some good songs. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's great advice, actually. You know, to put that into your mind as you're going to sleep or at the end mm-hmm. of the day, and then it'll be there for you in the morning when you wake up. Because mornings, a lot of times, are the hardest times. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember early on, because you wake up and you think, oh, man, this is real. <laughs> How to live mm-hmm. with this. Yeah. So having something positive to kind of start that morning is a great idea. Yes. A great thought. So thank you for that suggestion. We found it also helps, you know, lessen anxiety and stress, you know, yes. getting your mindset turned around. And, and like I mentioned earlier, sometimes it's just that choice that you have to make. You just have to do it yes. day after day. So yeah. yeah, I'm very thankful for music. Yeah, yeah. It's a gift from God. And part of that, with what happened in our home, we had a lot of fear initially, you know, even coming back inside, you know, walking into a home of the evening and stuff like that. And But to focus your mind on positive thoughts, 
And and part of the whole deal is for me is coming to grips that we serve a sovereign God. Yes. And that I've got confidence and faith and trusting him that he's going to see us through. And it wasn't there on the first day, I can tell you, but yet that's where I am right now. Yeah, God is good. Mm -hmm. I think that's the perfect note to end on. Well, thank you. Thank you you for having us, Jill. Yes. Well, thank you all for coming on and for sharing Dustin's story. And I'm going to put all the links in the show notes of Dustin's dream website and Facebook and Instagram and (laughs) all of those things. Um, information about your support group, all the different ways that people can get in touch with you guys. And um, we appreciate it. And we're very thankful to have you in our life. Oh, yes. Well, and we're thankful for y'all. We (laughs) met not too long after Dustin went to heaven. I'm not sure. I should have looked back to see when we met you guys, but I don't think it was very long. I actually had attended a men's weekend up at Spring. Spring Spring Valley. Mm -hmm. Yes, Spring Valley. And I had attended that. And then DeAndre and I came to one. Yeah. So. Yeah. It was pretty early on. First, maybe within two years, maybe. Yeah, probably so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we've been friends for a long time. And it's always good to talk to y'all. Thank Thank you, you so much. Same to you. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the While We're Waiting, Hope After Child Loss podcast. If this podcast has been a blessing to you, please take just a moment to leave a rating or a review, and please feel free to share it with someone you know who might be helped by it. We're so grateful for all of you who come back and listen every week, and those of you who may be listening for the very first time. I hope God has used it to encourage you today and to help you live well while you're waiting.